can we lift our hands and just entertain the presence of the Lord all across this house? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. <clears throat> well, it feels good here this morning. Feels good here this morning. And, you know, there's really no telling what God's going to do. I believe that, I believe that our churches should live in such a place in the spirit that people are afraid to miss church because when we come to church there's just no telling what's going to happen and I would be afraid to miss out on what God's going to do and so that's the kind of atmosphere that we're in here today if you need a healing you're in an atmosphere where God can heal if you need deliverance, you're in an atmosphere where God can deliver. If you need your broken heart to be mended, you're in an atmosphere where your broken heart can be mended. <clears throat> if you need the Holy Ghost, you're in an atmosphere where God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I give honor to as your pastor who said we are friends. And uh, I give honor to my friend and your wonderful pastor, Pastor Aaron and Sister Katie Herod. God bless them and their family. If you would, put your hands together and show some appreciation for your pastor and his wife. And it's always good to see Bishop Herod. God bless him. He and Sister Herod, we love and appreciate them very much in their vision for apostolic ministry uh, to continue in this generation and the next generation. <clears throat> I feel hunger here today. I've often said that God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of hunger. And so if you're here today, it doesn't matter if you've been living for God for 50 years or for five minutes. If you're hungry, there's something available for you here today. Amen. Amen. Let's lift our hands all over the house. I wonder if you'd just mix your voice with that and let God know how hungry you are. Shandala bohora mandada boho shakahatala mahata. Come on, let's take a minute and let's pray right here. Would you lift your voice and just let your hunger have a voice? Come on, let your hunger have a voice.
Praise God. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to take a text this morning. I'm going to just start. I'm going to just plug into what I feel to talk about here today. And we're going to see what God does. Is that all right? Come on. We know each other. I've been here before. We know each other. Is anybody here to go after what God wants us to go after? And so I just, I want to talk to us on a, on a topic this morning. I want to talk to us about the flow. I want to talk to us about the flow. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Isaiah said that unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And he goes on to say that of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. What he was saying was, is that when God started this kingdom he had no intentions of ever ending this kingdom Paul is writing and he says now unto the king eternal immortal invisible the only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever He did not say that there would be honor and glory temporarily and momentarily. But he said this king is an eternal king. And honor and glory is given to him forever and ever. Because when God started this kingdom, there was no intention of this kingdom ever coming to an end. And there have been a lot of kingdoms that have had a beginning throughout history that were ruled by man. And those kingdoms had a beginning, but they also had an ending. But you and I are part of the only kingdom to ever exist that had a beginning, but it does not have an ending. When it comes to this kingdom... There is a flow to this kingdom you and I are a part of here today. That's why Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he said, the kingdom is within you. Because when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, there was a flow that began And it's not the flow of an earthly kingdom. It's not a temporary flow, but it is the flow of a heavenly kingdom. And it is a flow that has a beginning, but it does not have an ending. And it is the will of God that every person in here plug into the flow of the kingdom. 
But God is not looking for individuals that are satisfied with just visiting the flow of the kingdom. He's looking for individuals that will live in the flow of the kingdom. God wants individuals to get to the place where they are so saturated in the presence of God every day of their lives that they become one with the flow of this kingdom. And the greatest tool that God has given me in being sensitive to the flow of this kingdom that I'm preaching about here today is prayer. We have a misconception in Pentecost about prayer because we are so performance-driven and we don't understand relationship. And we are so performance-driven that we take prayer and because of our religious tradition, we view prayer as something on a spiritual to-do list. And we relegate prayer to 60 minutes or to 30 minutes in a day. And when we go to our place of prayer and we, we have this vain repetition of going through the motions. And, and when we reach that 30 minutes or that 60 minutes, we'll check off that box on our spiritual to-do list. Because we are performance-based and we have done our daily duty of praying to soothe our conscience. And the problem with that is, is that when that 30 minutes or that 60 minutes comes to an end, we never acknowledge God again for the rest of the day. But God wants us to get to the place where we don't treat prayer as something that we just mark off on a spiritual to-do list. And when that 60 minutes comes to an end, we don't acknowledge him for the rest of the day. But we've got to get to the place where we live in the flow of the Holy Ghost and we operate with a God consciousness every moment of the day. We've got to get to the place where we are so saturated in the flow of the Holy Ghost where you may not be in your quote-unquote prayer closet, but you can be driving down the road and the Holy Ghost feel the cab of that vehicle. And because you're not relegating prayer to a clock or to a calendar, you can just plug into the flow of the Holy Ghost, where you can be typing up spreadsheets in your cubicle at your job, and you just feel the wind of the Spirit begin to blow. And you can just pray under the unction of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> we've got to live in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And the problem is, is that our religious tradition cannot coexist with the flow of the kingdom. But the flow of this kingdom will always disrupt religious tradition. That's why Jerusalem was not near a physical river, but it was near a spiritual river. Because that physical river spoke of tradition and what they could depend on in the flesh. But that spiritual river spoke of disrupting religious tradition. It spoke of what only God could produce. It spoke of what only the spirit could make happen, not what man could make happen. 
And if we're not careful, we can let our comfort zone constrict the current of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> we can let our comfort zone constrict the current of the Holy Ghost. I can remember it was some time ago, and it is my custom that when I'm home, on the rare occasion that I'm able to be home, is to go up to my home church late at night, and when nobody's there, I'll spend time in prayer with God. And I can remember that I was, I was home for a few days, and when it comes to prayer, we know that there's some days we wake up and we go to prayer, and it's like we've got to toil, and we've really got to dig, and we've really got to work for it just to get into the flow of the Holy Ghost for that day. But then there are other days when you wake up and it's like you don't have to work for it. You don't have to toil for it. But if you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, it's like the flow is just accessible to you. It's like you can just reach out and grab it. And I remember I was home and I woke up one morning and when I woke up, I just began to send my peace out and I began to feel what the Spirit was doing for the day. And it was one of those days I didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to dig and tarry for it. I could just reach out and I could just grab the flow of the Holy Ghost. And immediately from the moment that I woke up, I could feel God drawing me away to a place of prayer. But because of my tradition and because of what I was used to and what I was comfortable with doing, I shut off the invitation of the Holy Ghost. And I made a mental note. I said, God, later tonight I'm going to go up to the church and I'm going to spend time with you in prayer. And no matter what I did throughout that day, the Holy Ghost would not leave me alone. I could feel that nudge. I could feel that pull. I could feel that draw of the Spirit calling me away to a place of prayer. And about midnight comes and I go up to the church and I walk into that dark sanctuary and I begin to pace back and forth and I begin to seek the face of God. And it's like God took the flow of heaven and shut it completely off. And I said, God, I'm here now. You've been calling me away to pray all day. I'm here now, and I'm ready to pray. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, next time I ask to speak to you, let's do it on my time, not yours. Because the flow of the Holy Ghost will move you out of your comfort zone. And it will, it will cause you to disrupt a clock and a calendar. <coughs> it's like Brother Shelton. <coughs> it's like Brother Shelton always says, uh, clocks and calendars have done more to hinder the move of the Spirit than the devil ever could. And I missed a moment with God where he was calling me away to a place of prayer. But I allowed my comfort and I allowed what I was used to to constrict the flow of the Holy Ghost. And there is a biblical principle for this. Because Jesus understood something about the progression of the flow of the kingdom that you and I are a part of here today. Because in Luke chapter 5, the Bible said that Jesus stood on the shore. And then it said that he 
he thrust out a little from the land. And then it says that he launched out into the deep. And when he got into the deep, he looked at Simon Peter and he said, let down your net. And Simon Peter responded and he said, but master, we have toiled all the night. So here it is, Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, has just taken one of his disciples into the deep. And all his disciple could focus on was the way that he had always done it. He said, we've toiled all the night. But when you study that, there is some truth and there is some error to what Simon Peter was saying. He had toiled all the night, but he had not toiled all the night in the deep. Because other gospel accounts say that he was standing on the shore and he was casting his nets into the shallow. So yes, Simon Peter, you had toiled all the night, but you've been toiling in the shallow. You have toiled all the night, but now it's time to take what you have always done and bring it out into the deep. Jesus was not asking him to change his labor. He was asking him to change his level. And God is not asking us to change our labor. He is asking us to change our level. He is not asking us to stop praying. He's asking us to change the level at which we pray. He's not asking us to stop preaching. He's asking us to change the level at which we preach. He's not asking us to stop having pre-service prayer. He's asking us to change the level of our pre-service prayer. It is not the will of God that we stay at the same level with our labor, but it is the will of God that we take our labor to a deeper level than we have ever been before. And I can feel that spirit of some of you saying, I'm involved, I give, I support everything that our pastor wants to do. I'm engaged in worship, I pray and I fast. God is not asking you to change your labor. He is asking you to change the level at which you labor. He's saying, you've been doing what I want you to do, but now I'm asking you to come out a little bit deeper and operate in a place you've never operated in before. Why don't we lift our hands and let's, let's, come on, this thing's going to come in waves here today. I don't have the voice to scream, but the Holy Ghost is going to help us. And so there is a there is a progression to the flow of this kingdom. And it's a flow that has a beginning, but it does not have an ending. And Ezekiel understood something about the progression of this flow. Because in Ezekiel 47, the Bible says that Ezekiel saw a flow that began from the temple of God, and it flowed out of the gate eastward. And he said that there was a man with a line in his hand. And he said that he began to measure the flow of this river. 
and it started ankle deep and then it went knee deep and then it went waist deep and chest deep and Ezekiel said eventually I got so deep into the flow of this kingdom that it was waters that I could not even stand to swim in. It, there, there, there was a progression to the flow. And unfortunately, I am convinced that the deepest some people get into the flow is the waters of baptism. God fills them with the Holy Ghost. They get baptized in Jesus' name. And then they live the rest of their lives in the kingdom, never plugging into a deeper flow in their walk with God. But there is a progression to this flow that I am preaching to you about here today. He said it started ankle deep, and before it was over with, uh, it was waters that I could not even swim in. Now, here it is. got to catch this. It was the same flow, but it was a different level of commitment to the same flow the ankle deep flow and the and the flow that was so deep he could not even swim in it was not a different river it was not a flow from a different temple it was not a representation of a different kingdom it was the same flow but it was a different level of commitment to the same flow and there are a lot of individuals that have learned how to get ankle deep into the flow and the reason that they are satisfied with being ankle deep is because when you are in ankle deep flow you can enjoy the emotion of the flow on Sunday but you don't have to have devotion to the flow on Monday You have emotion to the flow on Sunday, but you don't have to have devotion to the flow on Monday. You can feel the flow around your ankles, but you don't have to submit to the direction of the current. And that's a reason that a lot of people like to remain in the shallow is because they want to remain in control, yet still enjoy the flow of the Holy Ghost. And there are individuals in this room, there are areas of your life that you have not submitted to the flow of the Holy Ghost. You were in ankle deep waters and you were still in control of too many areas of your life. And I watched it. That wind began to blow during the music. And while some of you went with the current, there are some of you that learned how to enjoy the emotion of the flow. But you didn't want to yield to what God was doing in the atmosphere. But can I tell you, the Holy Ghost is calling this church to a deeper place than you have ever gone before and if you will go there when that wind begins to blow you won't be able to resist what God is doing in the atmosphere you've got to yield to everything that God is doing in the atmosphere Come on there, individuals in this room. I'm telling you, I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost. You've learned how to come in and just enjoy the emotion of the flow. You've learned how to talk in tongues a little bit. But there are too many areas of your life that you have not submitted to the flow of the Holy Ghost. God wants more than just your physical body in the house of God. He wants your time. He wants your family. He wants your marriage. He wants your finances. He wants what you want. He wants what you listen to. He wants the crowd you hang around. He wants your conversation. He wants your vocabulary. He wants your wardrobe. He wants every part of your life. And if you're going to go to the deep places in God, you cannot withhold certain areas of your life. 
And so we've learned how to get into the flow and how to get out of the flow. We've learned how to visit the flow on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Tuesday night. But we don't want to live in the flow on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. But Ezekiel said, when I saw that river flow, he said that, he said that the trees on the banks of the river bore fruit every month of the year. We have got to get to the place where we stop relegating revival to a special speaker. We have got to get to a place where we stop relegating revival to a calendar and to a scheduled series of services. There it is again. Clocks and calendars have done more to hinder a move of God than the devil ever could. Can I tell you, when you get into the deep things of God, every season is revival season. Every season is revival season. That means every time you come into the house of God, you ought to be expecting for somebody to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You ought to be expecting somebody to get healed of a miracle. You ought to be expecting a prodigal to walk through the back doors. We've got to raise our level of expectancy. We are so satisfied with enjoying the emotion of the flow in ankle deep water. But when you get into the deep, you've got to expect God to do anything. See, here it is. That flow is in this room right now. And if you'll just plug in, we'll go somewhere here today. But we've learned how to confine the flow to our religious tradition. We're waiting on a preacher to give us a new revelation. But when you feel that wind begin to blow, this church has got to learn. When that wind begins to blow, it ought to just take somebody lifting up their voice and just and just setting their sail with the flow of the Holy Ghost to go out into deeper waters. There it is. There it is. Come on, we're getting beyond that knee-deep water. We're getting beyond that waist-deep water. Come on, before this thing's over with, we got to wade so far out into this thing, we lose control. All right, here we go. Here we go. There it is. We, we, we're wading out into this thing. Listen to me for just a moment. Listen to me for just a moment. Now that I know your spirit's open and you're ready to flow wherever God wants to take us, I want you to rem- remain with that God consciousness because this thing's going to come in waves. And right now we're, we're, we're getting beyond ankle deep and we're getting beyond knee deep. And before this thing's over, we're going to wade so far out into this thing, you won't even be able to control your prayer.
We're going to wade so far in, out into this thing before this morning's over with. There's some of you, you won't even, you couldn't hold your travail and your intercession in if you tried. That's where we're going here today. But he said that flow, as it began to move, he said, he said it got deeper and deeper. We've got it, we've got it totally backwards in Pentecost. Because the most shallow point of that flow was in the house of God. The metric for depth in your walk with God is not in this building. But it's when you leave this building, do you still operate in the flow of the Holy Ghost? Oh, I feel those angels in this room. And he said, when that flow began to move, every dead thing that flow came in contact with came back to life. And the enemy has lied to this church for far too long and told you that Springfield is a burnt over field. The enemy has lied to this church for far too long and told you that this area is far too tough for you to have revival. And that the spirit world is far too chaotic and out of order for you to build the kind of church that God wants you to build. But when that flow begins to move, things that are dead begin to come back to life. And I'm telling this church in the Holy Ghost, uh, in 2020, boy, I feel that prophetic unction on me right now. In 2023, God is calling this church to a deeper place uh, than you have ever gone before. You've been on that journey for years. Uh, these men have been exposing you to apostolic ministry. They have been teaching you about apostolic ministry. But in 2023, I feel that man, that angel of the Lord with that line in his hand, and he's coming and he's stretching it out. Out over the flow of this church and he's saying there's deeper that is available for you if you'll get beyond what you're used to and get beyond what you're comfortable with and you hear me in the Holy Ghost things that are dead are going to come back to life I'm talking about lost souls you never thought you'd see in church are going to come to church I'm talking about miracles you never thought you would see you're going to start seeing them I'm talking about a flow of finances I'm talking about a flow of finances that has been shut up. I, boy, to, listen to me in the Holy Ghost. It's like I see a river of cash. I see a river of cash, and it's been dammed up for far too long. But if this church will go where God wants it to go, I see that dam of finances breaking, and there's a flow of finances coming into this church. bahata. <laughs> I'm talking about prodigals uh, that have cursed this church and risen against this church. Uh, you never thought they'd come back. But if you'll go where God's wanting to take you, they'll start walking through the back doors. Yes. 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 Mm. 
do we really believe? Do we really believe that God just, do, do, do we really believe that where this church is positioned is coincidence? Do you really believe that, that this just happens to be where this building is? And the capital just happens to be where the capital is? Do we really believe that? God does not do coincidence. And he said that, that that flow, it began to flow out of the gate eastward. That means it started from the west and it's flowing eastward. Do you really think it's coincidence that the capital is literally eastward from this church? That is east, and that's where the capital is. And I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you will build an apostolic church in Springfield, Missouri. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in the flesh. It's not going to happen being satisfied, just visiting the flow on Sunday and Tuesday, and just visiting the flow a few days a week, and just being satisfied with ankle-deep water that appeases your emotionalism. We've got to get to the place where when these saints when you precious saints walk out of this building you don't leave the flow in the temple you got to carry the flow with you outside of this building so God sent, God sent a man here years ago. Sent a man here to start digging some wells. And Abraham's been digging wells here, Bishop. And Brother Herod, you could have probably gone anywhere. You're gifted. You and your wife are so talented and gifted. But you came here because you knew Abraham had been digging some wells. And because Abraham had been digging some wells, you knew there's something here that he's looking for. Isaac could have gone anywhere, but he said, I got to go to Gerar. Because years ago, my father dug some wells here. Because my father knew there was something here to find. And you've come to Gerar, and you've let God position you in Gerar, and you're, you're, you're still digging those wells that your father has been digging through the years and that your grandfather has dug over the years. But here's what the Bible said. Sister Herod, listen to me. Brother Herod, listen to me. Here's what the Bible said. It said that as he began to dig those wells uh, that Abraham dug, watch this, uh, he found there a well of springing water. That means when he began to dig where his father dug, he found something that his father did not find. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that there is a flow of the Spirit that you are going to tap into that generations before you did not tap into because God knows you could have gone anywhere and you could have been successful. You could have gone anywhere and pastored a church, but God laid it on your heart to come to Gerard because you know my father was looking for something and God's going to let you find what generations before you did not find.
here it is come on here it is we're getting up to that chest deep water right now come on we're getting up to that chest deep water come on there's a fresh flow that you're going to tap into that generations before you did not find come on Gerar is not hopeless I know the Philistines have attacked you I know you've been fighting the flesh but redig those wells there's a fresh flow Shatalamanda. Yalamanda Raha Shahata. Shatalamanda Rabaha Shatalabush. You've been asking. You've been asking. I can hear that question. <laughs> Sister Herod, I can hear that question. You're looking at all the years it's taken to plow this thing up and to see things shift in this church. And I, I can hear the question. When will the reward come? I can hear it. When will the redemptive reward come? We're here in Springfield, Illinois. When will the redemptive reward come? Oh, I feel like crap. You hear me in the Holy Ghost, Brother Herod. You hear me in the Holy Ghost, Sister Herod. The Holy Ghost wants me to tell you that in this season, the redemptive reward is Him. Because there are dimensions of the Spirit you would not have tapped into had you gone to a place that was easier to build a church in. But the spiritual atmosphere in Springfield, Illinois, literally being right here next to this capital, the spiritual atmosphere here demands you to tap into this kind of apostolic ministry. And had you been anywhere else, you would have missed it. And the Holy Ghost wants me to let you that right let you know that right now the redemptive reward is the apostolic ministry that he has brought you into. But the redemptive reward you've been asking about is going to come. You mark this date down in the Holy Ghost. The redemptive reward you've been asking about. Not the redemptive reward that God just told you about. The redemptive reward you have been asking about. It is going to come. It is going to come.
Hey, but, but, I, but I'm going to just tell you, there is a lingering spirit in this church right now that has a major issue with authority. I felt it bump me several times, and I, I, I've been waiting to deal with it, but it, it has bumped me enough times I'm tired of, I'm tired of it. And I'm going to address it in this room. I'm going to give a warning in the Holy Ghost. Because in, in Numbers 32, whenever, whenever they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River, there's two and a half tribes that come to the man of God. And they're looking around and they're saying, the land that we have right now is a land that is good for cattle. And conveniently enough, we've got cattle. So why don't you just let us stay here and let us preserve and maintain what we've already got? Why are you wanting us to go through all of this trouble and go somewhere we've never been and possess territory that we don't currently have? Why can't we just maintain what we've got, Moses? And one of those tribes was Gad. And they refused to cross the flow when everybody else crossed the flow. It was a place of transition. They refused to cross the flow when the man of God and everybody else wanted to cross the flow. And it, one of those tribes was Gad. And then you get into the New Testament. And Jesus steps onto the shore of Gadara. And there is a man possessed with a legion of devils. Uh, that the Bible said those spirits had been there long time they were ancient spirits so here we have one of the one of the 12 tribes of Israel that have an opportunity to cross the flow and possess something that they have never possessed but because they did not want to submit to the man of God and go where he wanted to take them they stayed where they were and now in the New Testament it is that same territory that there are ancient demonic spirits it's because uncommitted saints will eventually entertain unclean spirits. You go ahead and keep rebelling against the man of God all you want to. There will come a day that you begin to entertain an unclean spirit. And if you don't get it right, if you don't make up your mind, we're going to cross the flow with the man of God. I'm, you, you hear, this is a word of warning. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. There will come a day that those unclean spirits destroy your family. It destroys your ministry. It destroys your finances. It destroys your kids. It has nothing to do with just wanting to maintain where you are. It has everything to do with not wanting to go where the man of God wants to lead you. You've had that you've had that constant pressure. If you'll just let go of some things, 
if you'll just move the line on some things, be a lot easier to get a crowd here. You don't have any idea how unbiblical that is. Because God's never been concerned about a crowd. He's been concerned about covenant. You can fill a stadium with people that aren't in covenant. God wants them to be saved. But they're not part of the bride. And we're so focused on a crowd. I'm t- I feel that spirit. And there are individuals that have been putting pressure on this man to let go of some things. They may not be here in this room, but I feel the remnants of that spirit. It's been here. If it ain't here today, it's been here. And if we don't deal with it, it's going to continue to revisit this church. Jeff is standing there and he's saying, they're saying, if you want to cross this river, if you want access to this flow, say Shibboleth. And the Bible said that the man from Ephraim could not frame his mouth to pronounce it. And he said, Sibboleth. One letter difference determined if he got access to the flow. And the pressure you've been putting on this man of God. Matter of fact, I'm going to speak to that spirit. The pressure that spirit has been putting on this man of God to just compromise a few things. Let's keep preaching Acts 2.38, Pastor. Let's keep preaching one God. Hold on, listen. Let's keep preaching one God. Let's keep preaching Jesus' name, baptism. But all this holiness stuff, it's just one letter. One letter. When they removed one letter from the pronunciation, they lost access to the flow. I feel those militant angels in this room and they are here in defense of apostolic doctrine. And so here's the question. Here is the place of decision that this church is at. You can let down on some things. And you might get a larger crowd. And stay in that soulish arena. Or you can keep plowing and going to battle and holding on to apostolic doctrine. And create a spiritual stronghold in this region. That will tear down walls. And push back darkness and affect the spirit world. But you're not going to get it with Sibboleth. You're only going to get it with Shibboleth. You better hold on to that one letter. You better hold. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You better hold on to that one letter. Matter of fact, I release you in this house. Do whatever you feel to do. 
I want this church to begin to pray. I don't have the voice to push. It's up to your level of hunger. I want this church to begin to pray and say, we're not just going to maintain this land we have that's good for cattle. We're going to cross this flow and we're going to go deeper than we've ever gone. Come on. Some of you have been withholding some areas of your life. It's time for you to let God have control of every area of your life. Hey, I'm not going to push you much longer. Either you want it or you don't. If you want it, I'm asking you get out of your seat, find a place to pray, and pray until you lose control. Pray until you lose control. Come on, you need to get so deep into this thing you can't hold at. You can't hold back your prayer. You can't hold back your intercession. You can't hold back your travail. Let it out.
Come on, let's push in this house. God's not asking you to change your labor. He's asking you to change your level. You've been to this place before in the spirit. God's asking you to go deeper in this moment than you've ever been before. Come on, you've got to wade out into the deep until you lose control. Come on, you ought to get so deep into this flow, you've just got to submit to the current.
tonight, we're going to come at 5.30 and just begin to pray. We'll start there. But God's not uh, done today. God's going to follow up tonight. Hallelujah. I was about this the other day. There are a lot of people that have cavities in their soul. They are eaten up with decay because all that they eat is sugar. We've got to hear the word of the Lord. And there, there, there are, I'm not preaching, we're, I'm done just a minute, but. Too much sugar will rot your teeth out of your mouth. At first you'll know it, you got a cavity, then you keep it going, everybody's going to know it. We've got to hear the word of God. We're not going to be a sugar-coated church. That's not who God's called us to be. Let's stand this morning. We're coming, going to come back at 5.30. If you feel stay and pray, stay and pray. Whatever you feel in the Holy Ghost. But at 5.30, we're going to start praying. We're just going to follow the direction of the Holy Ghost. And um, Brother Herring will do what he feels and say what he feels to say tonight. This is just one half of what God wants to do today. God wants to follow this up.